Well, it is good to be back with you guys this morning after being away for a couple weeks, and um, so good to connect with you. I know I saw you online, and I know that uh, I was kind of with you in that way. Um, We were doing the same thing at the same time, but just in a different place, right? (laughs) And if you are finding yourself in that position this morning, we want to welcome you. If you're watching online right now or later throughout the week, according to however your schedule works, we want you to know that you are part of our family, and uh, we believe in you, and when you can be here in person, that would be amazing too, all right? Well, God bless you all for being here. We're going to continue where we left off before I took a two-week hiatus, all right? We're going to continue on with this series that we've entitled, Can You Hear Me? A lot of people are asking that question today, right? A lot of people are asking, can you hear me? Especially when we're talking about love languages. Can you hear me when I tell you that, you, that I love you? Right? Can I hear you when I tell you what's going on in my heart? Can you hear me even when I don't speak words? Can you see my, my, my body language? Can you see my life? Do you see what's going on? And as we do that, we have a couple of um, main launching points right out of the scriptures one out of proverbs chapter 19 verse 20 where we read this listen to advice and accept instruction that you may gain wisdom for the future oh my goodness we could just kind of sit there right gotta listen so you're you're not going to talk yourself into wisdom isn't that amazing and i know i talk myself to death sometimes. I talk for a living. Can you imagine that? Imagine that. But in order for the words that come out of my mouth to mean anything whatsoever, I need to first listen. I need to first process. I need to reflect. I need to consider. I need to dwell upon and think. That's why pastors are not supposed to wait till Saturday night to, to write sermons. The good idea is to maybe take Monday off and start Tuesday. And live with the Word of God, allowing the Word of God to speak to you and listen, and you have to listen to that. And then once you've listened, then maybe, maybe you have something helpful to say. And then we have a passage out of the book of James, chapter 1, verse 19, says, Know this, my beloved brothers, let every person be quick to hear and slow to speak. My goodness. You ever hear people talking over one another? And it's just just mess of words. Call those arguments. <laughs> Points of disagreement. But nothing ever helpful happens during that. It's just a meaningless spewing out of words in, a, in the direction of another person. But no one's really hearing and no one's really listening. And one of the reasons why you and I fail to listen sometimes is our own stubbornness. And then we become what I'm calling this morning stubbornly stuck. No progress in your relationships, no progress in your mental health, in your spiritual health, probably no progress in your physical health, in your career, in your relationships. You're just stuck right where you are with no forward movement. If you get stuck long enough, that negative situation becomes your norm, you start feeling quite comfortable because even in dysfunction, people feel very comfortable if the dysfunction is normal. 
That's why so many people keep going back into dysfunction. They get freedom for a minute, but then they go back. Why they go from unhealthy relationship to unhealthy relationship, from one unhealthy career to one unhealthy career, is because they're just, what's normal is a lack of health. And because of our stubbornness and our unwillingness to listen and then learn from what we hear, we just kind of live our lives in this stubbornly stuck condition. So this morning, for a few minutes, I want to look to you, look with you at some passages of Scripture that if you find yourself stuck today, that you would get unstuck. Have you ever, if you drive such a thing, you've ever had a, a manual transmission just stuck? It's like, oh my, this is not, it's not a fun situation, especially on a hill, right? This is not, this is not, we're just like stuck. Sometimes I feel like that's, that's where we are, and my dad used to have this saying, because I think of my dad when I think of the word stubborn, <laughs> because he was perhaps one of the, one of the most stubborn people um, on the face of the planet. And I remember my dad used to say to me when I would refuse to be quiet, especially get in trouble at school for talking and being up out of my seat and kind of, can you imagine, you know, that's, I just couldn't like sit there. Um, my dad would always say to me, you've got your brain in neutral and your mouth in gear. Was he always, and he would, if he would have to come into the classroom because there's, now there's a teacher's conference because little person me would not sit still and not be where I'm supposed to be. The teachers, that was always the complaint. He's not living up to his potential because he won't stay where he's supposed to stay. Because he won't follow instruction. So he won't stop talking to the people around him. And then we just find ourselves with this need to just be quiet. One of the most meaningful things in my spiritual journey has been this discipline of being silent with going out into the, maybe the, getting out into nature, you know, getting out away from everything and away from everyone and just kind of trying to be still before the Lord. And I don't know about you, but that's hard for me. And to develop that discipline over the last 30 years has been, been something outstanding and life-shaping for me, but still a challenge because you and I have what's called an internal dialogue, right? And I have a hard time shutting down my internal dialogue and listening to God. And maybe you're with me. So let's look at some passages of Scripture this morning along the lines of this one main topic. Learning to listen brings freedom from living stubbornly stuck. And that's what I want for you today. I want your freedom to be increased. And I want your stubbornness to be reduced. So let's look at the first one today. We can all move past being stubbornly stuck if we would at least do this one thing of giving up bad inherited patterns. And I know you're wonderful and I know you've grown up and I know that you look at the past as something that you've perhaps outgrown. Maybe you look at some things that went on in your home that now you're doing better. And it is true that every parent and every grandparent wants their children and grandchildren to do better than they did, to learn from their own mistakes, to move the family line progressively to a more healthier place. And as the generations unfold, hopefully the level of spiritual health and physical health and relationship health, hopefully that increases. You know, though my grandfather was as skinny as a rail, he grew his own vegetables, he often had his own chickens to grab by the neck and swing around, and my grandfather made this uh, smoker out of an old refrigerator, you know, that's, and then he had built this brick around it and cooked chicken in that, and I remember going to see my grandfather and always going out into the garden and picking the night's vegetables and doing that. You know, he always ate very healthy in that way, but did you know that guy had four heart attacks, died at the age of 92 of natural causes. 
because he had something that that generation commonly had in the kitchen. And my grandfather at this point, he was born in 1904, so that's, you do the math, whatever, be 118 or somewhere in there by now. But that generation of people always had something in the kitchen. They always had a can of grease. And that just can of grease got dipped into just every meal on every everything. And so my grandfather, you know, as he aged, he had this cane with a little seat that would flip out on it. And he would go for walks. He'd flip out that seat and he would sit down. And he'd always get mad at my dad because my dad was heavy. You know, before my dad came here, he still had a little extra on him, but he had lost 110 pounds by the time you've met him. Yeah. So my grandfather was always after my father to do better. My father always after me to do better. I'm after my sons and daughter to do better. And my grandfather still. And we need to get rid of some of those things that are in our past and some of the things that we've inherited that hinder our growth forward. And I think the first people in your lives that would tell you to move past these things that you've inherited are the people that love you the most, the people that gave birth to you, the people that have led and mentored you. They're probably telling you, I want you to do better. I want you to do better. In this passage in 2 Kings chapter 17, we have such a case starting, we can read really, if you don't want to read that whole, we can't read the whole chapter here this morning, but if you just look at two of the main verses, it says here, it says, but they did not listen, (laughs) but they were stubborn as their fathers had been who did not believe in the Lord their God. Moving forward in the chapter to verse 40, we read another such statement that says, However, they would not listen, but they did according to their former manner. This happened to be idol worship. So they worshiped the same idols, even though they saw the outcome of the worshiping of such idols ended them in bondage, ended them um, trapped in, in being ruled over by other nations, ended with their li- lives being distant from God, and a failure to move forward. And they found themselves always living in that cycle that we see in the Old Testament of sin, repentance, restoration, and then sin again. And they were just trapped in this thing, and constantly they're being told in the, New, in the Old Testament as they're moving forward, Oh, you're like your fathers. They went back and did that again. They went back and did that again. They went back to that can of grease again. (laughs) And they just kept going back. So maybe this morning you have some things that maybe your parents or your grandparents have passed down to you. Some things that they were hoping that you would do better with. And you know you have their permission and their freedom. And it's not a slap on their name. And it's not any sort of negative statement about your family history to say that you want to do better and you want to grow and you want to progress the family line it's not an insult because I think sometimes we feel that way I think sometimes we feel like well if I change this does that mean I'm saying that my father was bad or my grandfather was bad no we're not saying that we're just doing what they want us to do and I'm sure if you had some things in your family history that are unhealthy the people in your family history would want you to move past that and perhaps they have a fair amount of guilt on giving that to you and maybe they've apologized and maybe They've prayed and wanted you to do better. So giving up some of those inherited patterns that are causing us to be stubbornly stuck in all areas of our lives. Another thing that we can turn to in regards to getting rid of this and learning to listen and, be, and gain freedom is this, to realize that God speaks through people. You realize that? I think that I'm speaking to the choir as the saying goes. It's obvious to me that you in the building today and you, those of you listening online, you have some sort of resemblance to this notion that God speaks through people or I in the wide world, would you be listening to me? I would hope that you understand with the dynamic of what's taking place in a moment of preaching that you would understand that there is a spiritual dynamic to this that doesn't make sense in any other kind of form of lecture. 
Because you can go and you can hear a speech or a talk or a lecture. You can hear all those things and you can gain wisdom from one human to the next, right? You can gain from the experience and the research and the study of one human that's maybe an expert in an area. And that human being can transfer that knowledge and experience and research into another human being and growth can take place. And a lot of wonderful things take place like that, right? A lot of wonderful things. A lot of, a lot of amazing things. But there's a dynamic when it comes time to preaching that is above all of that. And it is that there is a divine, holy God communicating to His people through a fellow member of the family. See, there's a dynamic when it comes to preaching that is unlike any other speech, lecture, talk, or sharing moment. (laughs) Unlike anything else you'll ever experience. And also, it's not just the preaching time. But it's those divine appointments that God sets up for you. It's the times when you are ministering to one another. That you may be in prayer for someone. You may be going about your day. You might be doing whatever you do and the Holy Spirit so prompts you to speak to another person. And God in those moments, as you either grab your phone and give a call, a text, you go knock on a door, however that might be, God is creating divine moments and He's speaking to people through people. Are you part of that? Don't just leave that to me. <laughs> I'll model that. I'll help you learn how to do that. I'll help you discern the voice of the Holy Spirit in your life. But eventually, you're going to have to grow into an intimate relationship with the Father to where you know His voice quite well. Because Jesus says that my sheep follow me, my sheep know my voice. And we can help each other with that. I think that's part of the Christian experience. But God does, in fact, speak through people notice ezekiel chapter 3 verse 7 says this but the house of israel will not listen excuse me will not be willing to listen to you for they are not willing to listen to me because all the house of israel have heard and excuse me have a hard forehead and a stubborn heart so here ezekiel being led by the holy spirit to speak to the nation of israel about future events and their current situation in as they live in rebellion and as he is talking about that god literally tells the messenger they're not going to listen it's as though i'm writing this sermon in my office or my home office and i'm thinking lord i believe that you want to teach these things to your people and you want these passages of scripture to be placed before them for their consideration and then god says well but they're not going to listen well, I'll tell you what, well, that gets a little discouraging, and I begin to ask God, well, why are we going through this exercise in futility, anywho, if they're not going to listen? And sometimes in my own frustration, I do ask God that question. Why are we doing this if they're not going to listen? And I don't have a good answer, but obviously, sometimes God says they're not going to listen. You know why sometimes, at least in this context, what God was doing? God was having a man speak to a group of people that weren't going to listen so that when God punished that group of people, he was justified in doing so. It's as though God told Ezekiel, go say these words. They're not going to listen, but go say them because they're going to be accountable for what they hear. And then when they reject my words and I come and judge them, it's on them. Isn't that interesting? So I don't know this morning. Maybe perhaps you're listening And perhaps God already knows you're not going to listen. You're going to dismiss everything that I say to you today. 
You're, not, you're just going to cast me off as another voice. But when your life becomes stubbornly stuck and you're reaping all of the benefits of your stubbornness, God is justified in disciplining you in ways that perhaps are a little more challenging than just simply listening to a preacher. It might go well for you today if you should listen to his word. It may save you some trouble. It may save you God's discipline in your life and know that it is out of his grace and his mercy that he does discipline you because he has to get you to the place where you will finally listen. And so many people are so stubborn that they will not listen until God allows their whole life to cave in on them. And then finally, from the bottom, they say, God, I'm willing to listen. Interesting, isn't it? That God would do such a thing out of His grace and His mercy. So another thing that we can realize along these lines of learning to listen to bring freedom in our lives is this. To realize that not all the people disagreeing with you are evil or insane. Not all of them. Maybe perhaps some. But you know, you have opinions and I have opinions. You have beliefs and I have beliefs. And you know what? We probably, if we're thinking people, we probably have reasons for why we believe what we believe. I have reasons for why I believe things and you have reasons for why you believe things. And at times, you and I, and as we live life together, we're going to come to a place where maybe I think differently about something than you do and you think differently than, than I do. Well, you know what? I would, be, I would benefit from the information that you have. Whatever information you've gathered to lead you to a conclusion opposite of mine, I would be really wise in listening to you because perhaps I have faulty information. Perhaps I've learned some things that aren't quite true. Perhaps the things that I've used to come to the conclusions that I've come to are based upon my own biases or my limitations. As a male, I might need a female perspective. Imagine that. (laughs) As a 50-year-old, I might need a 15-year-old perspective. Imagine that. Because all of us need to stop this thing that's so common in our culture today that if they disagree with me, they must be evil or crazy or insane or bad or deserving to be canceled. I encourage you to bring people into your life that think differently than you. Think differently than you do about raising kids, about having a marriage, about your career, about theology and God. Notice the passage of Scripture in John chapter 10 where this happens to Jesus. Jesus in talking about his own identity, right? That's what he's doing. That's the context of this verse of Scripture is that Jesus is talking about his own identity, teaching people who he is. And when Jesus began to describe his own identity, This is what they said. Many of them said he has a demon and is insane. Why listen to him? At another point, Jesus' family came to look look for him as he was in a house doing a teaching and some miracles. And they came to look to him and they were outside. And Jesus was told that his family was outside. And his family literally thought he'd gone insane. So as Jesus was going about his earthly ministry for three years, his own family thought he was crazy, and people that listened to him as he talked about his own identity, they thought he was crazy. They were wrong, weren't they? Jesus was not insane. Jesus was not demon-possessed. Jesus was actually God in human form. 
and he was speaking out of his own identity and describing his identity to people. And he was cast off. And notice, why listen to him? And so you might have some things going on in your world. And let me point out to you something that maybe you haven't noticed. And I don't like to be political, but sometimes I have to just point out the hypocrisy on both sides. I feel like that's something that I like to do. Maybe I'm crazy about that. But I'm amazed by the hypocrisy on both sides of the aisle, blue and red. Notice, would you please, reflect upon how President Trump was often treated by Democrats when he was in office. His mental capacities were always questioned, right? Narcissist. And he's a narcissist. Why listen to him? Because he's crazy and everything he does comes out of his sense of narcissism. Cast him off as crazy. In comes President Biden. In comes the Republicans. He's not mentally fit. He stumbles over his words. He tripped going up into the airplane. And then they find moments. And they do this. He's insane. Oh, and you could have called it, couldn't you? Because all throughout President Trump's presidency, they were trying to impeach him, right? Oh, we're about a year in and people are calling for the impeachment of President Biden. Same thing, same song and dance, different aisle. Why? Because we live in a world where we bought into this idea that if somebody disagrees with you, they're crazy, they're insane, don't listen, no, 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 no. Stop talking, be quiet, move away, cancel, shut down, you're crazy. Let's not look at any of the evidence, let's just write them off as crazy. Well, I wonder why people do that. Well, because they've always done it and they did it to Jesus. (laughs) They did it to Jesus They've done it to all the prophets and preachers before him, and they'll do it to all of us afterwards. Oh, and what is the one of the main insults to Christianity? Oh, you're delusional. That's why you believe in God, because you've rejected science. And they create a false dichotomy between theology and science. And there just isn't a battle there. (laughs) There isn't at all. But people present that. Well, you're either going to believe in science or the going to put some kind of faith in Scripture. And if you're putting your faith in Scripture, well, that, you're delusional. Oh, wow. And I'm not too familiar with the current vernacular on that, but I think, someone correct me if I'm wrong, I think that's called gaslighting. I don't, I don't know even what that means. But we take phrases and we throw them out to people, right, when we're arguing. Maybe we should do a better job listening. Perhaps we would do better if we stopped casting people that disagree with us off as crazy and insane and simply considered how they came to their conclusions and then asked them those questions. Well, okay, you make this statement. Can you help me understand how you got there? Can you help me understand why you would say that? Because I disagree and I want to understand you so you can you share with me the line of reasoning that brought you to this conclusion. Can you share with me some evidence that brought you to your conclusion? Because really, if we're really acting in the spirit of of Christ, I think you and I just want truth. We don't need to always be right, but we always need to find the truth. I might have to do some repenting. I might have to do some changing. I might have to do some adjusting in my life. But if you would commit to listening for the sake of finding truth, I believe God will bring you freedom in some areas of your life that you're currently stuck in.
And then this, la- this next one, I, I kind of was like, how do I say this? And I didn't really know any other way to say this but besides how my grandma used to yell at me. And she would always tell me to clean my ears. When I wouldn't listen to my mom or my dad or her, she always kind of came to the rescue. When I wouldn't listen to my parents, my grandma would always yell at me. And then she would make this statement that I don't know quite where it came from or what it is. She always said, what do you have, potatoes in your ears you can't hear? And I don't, what in the why, I don't, I don't know. I just, I just grew up, my, my grandmother always asking me if I had potatoes in my ears. Is, if there's something to that, somebody fill me in. Why potatoes? I, <laughs> could have been anything. She would always say potatoes. <laughs> but this is a lack of discernment is really what this is. See, we can hear the words, but we don't have a good level of discernment to see if they're in truth or in error. Notice in Jeremiah chapter 6, verse 10, the people of God were accused of this. He says, To whom shall I speak and give this warning that they may hear? Behold, their ears are uncircumcised and cannot listen. Behold, the word of the Lord is to them an object, object of scorn. They take no pleasure in it. Potatoes in your ears. You're not listening. You're all clogged up with all sorts of ideas and way too much noise. Way too much noise. Because we have the ability to hear so many opinions, right? I mean, you can get everybody's opinion on everything nowadays. Everybody's sharing their opinions. Perhaps we need to pray and ask God to give us a discerning ear and a discerning heart and to clean up some things that you and I have been listening to, to clean up and maybe to listen to just some voices that really want to speak to the truth and cast those out that want to manipulate you. If people don't have your best interest in mind, they are not worth listening to. If they are not seeking truth for your benefit and from theirs, they're not worth listening to. If somebody's just trying to prove their point, it's really pointless to talk to them. And then finally, we have this. As we reflect upon these things and consider these things, I hope that you remember to listen even when things are going very well for you. How many times do you get in that spot? Things are great. And you just start turning the volume of other people down and off, and you just, I got this. I'm just going to do what I think is natural. I'm going to do it. It is going so well. I'm on a roll. I'm just going to keep on going. And we're ignoring all these warning signs. And we're ignoring people that love us. Come and say, I know things look good right now. You know, you're making a lot of money, but ah, that's going to probably blow up in your face any moment now. You're getting promoted, but ah, maybe that's, that might just cost you. Notice again, we turn our attention to Jeremiah in this time, chapter 22, verse 1. It says, I spoke to you in your prosperity, but you said, I won't listen. This has been your way from your youth that you have not obeyed my voice. I came to you and everything was so good in your life. I mean, it was awesome. I came to you and I said, hey, be prepared. No, I don't need God. Doing so well, I don't need God. And then God says to us, 
that we will not listen in that. So please remember, if things are going well for your life and in periods of success, please consider to keep listening. And then the challenge then becomes this as we sew this up. Take the first step in listening, which is to give honor and authority to God. If you would decide to do that today, that would be the beginning of applying some of these other things that I've shared with you today. They say, I'm going to honor God in the way that I listen. I'm going to honor God in the way that I watch the news. I'm going to honor God in the way that I have conversations about current events with people. I'm going to honor God in how I make health decisions. I'm going to honor God in how I vote, and I'm going to honor God with how I base my moral and ethical positions. I'm going to honor God. If you would start there, oh, you're not going to be perfect. You'll make mistakes. I'll make mistakes. But we'll be well-intended, won't we? See, and I think we can give each other a lot more grace because if I have your best interest in mind and you have my best interest in mind and I'm seeking to honor God in my relationship with you and then I should make a mistake, I hope that you know that I love you enough that at least I had your best interest in mind and I was attempting to honor God and I fell short and I need your forgiveness. And I would extend more grace to you if I knew that that was your position, that you wanted to honor God and you had my best interest in mind and then you fell short of both. Hey, I'll forgive you for that. I'll trust you again. I'll stay in relationship with you. I'll keep listening. But if I don't believe that you have my best interest in mind and you weren't honoring God, I'm probably going to create some distance. <laughs> probably not going to come to you for much advice or much trust, and those bridges will start to get burned pretty quick if I know that people want to manipulate me and do those kinds of things and not honor God. So I pray that that's a first step for you according to Malachi chapter 2, verse 2, where we read this. If you will not listen, if you will not take to heart to give, ear to my, give honor to my name, says the Lord of hosts, then I will send the curse upon you and, you will curse your, and I will curse your blessings. Indeed, I have already cursed them because you did not lay it to heart. As things were going well, that was a blessing. We didn't honor God, and that blessing turned into a curse. How many times have you gotten exactly what you wanted and then regretted it ever since? (laughs) A lot of times when we get what we want, we stop honoring God. We stop obeying God. We start seeking God because we got what we wanted. And then that which we want becomes a catastrophe in our life. And then finally together, we'll close with this statement with actually a question that I have for you as we move forward and as you leave this place and turn off your phone or your computer if you would just consider this question. Can we honor God by listening to each other? Can we have a church like that? I hope so. And don't answer that out loud, but answer that in the coming days by how well you decide to listen to one another. When each other has a complaint or a concern or a worry or a fear or a celebration, listen to one another. And as you listen to one another, I believe that you will become a stronger community. A stronger community among the larger community here in Ukipa and the surrounding area that the retreat church will be a church where people listen to each other. Where someone's voice can be heard and someone's perspective can be valued. And we're not just going to write people off as demon-possessed or insane because they disagree. But we'll welcome them. We'll be a community of listeners.